You are now listening to the Fat Fix Podcast with David Flowers, a show talking about all things fat loss and health for the general population. Helping people understand why they are in the position they're in right now, rather than just focusing on what they need to do. Your no-nonsense personal trainer friend that you can have access to in your pocket whenever you need some help, guidance or just to kick up the arse. Hello and welcome to the Fat Fix podcast for episode number four. Firstly, just want to say a big thank you to those of you that are tuning in so far. I'm really enjoying releasing these on a weekly basis. And today's podcast, I'm going to be talking about something that is so important, but so often overlooked. It's not sexy, but let me tell you, it's probably the one thing you have not been doing. And if you was to do it, you would be in a much better place than what you are right now. Now, in the nutrition world, they use something called the hierarchy of importance, which is basically a list of things from most important to least important. And that's what a lot of people tend to do. They tend to look at things that are less important and don't really look at the core of it, what they really, really need to do to make that change. And I will be breaking down that pyramid over the next few weeks and giving you the information that you really need and keeping you at arm's length, should I say it, things that are just not important right now for you to be worrying about. But there's one thing that holds this pyramid together and it's the glue of it and it's adherence. And again, you know, you might be thinking, this is boring, adherence, I don't need to worry about that. But let me tell you, you probably have not been adherent. You know, how many times have you got a diet that you've not followed? How many times have you been given a training program you've not followed? How many times have you been given lifestyle strategies to improve your sleep that you have not followed? And I see it time and time again. And it's one thing that occurs every single day for me as a personal trainer. I'm sure other trainers can relate to this as well, is clients just not being adherent. They're coming in, stepping on the scales or whatever it may be, doing the body fats, doing some pictures. There's no change. And obviously we've got to look at that as a trainer as well, as what interventions can we make, strategies to make that client more adherent. Obviously, at first when you just get to know a client, there is that process of just getting to know somebody what makes somebody tick what can and can't they do but the trouble is with a lot of people they come in expecting a result just because they paid for a pt and they want to be shredded but they can't even drink a bottle of water a day yet they're expecting to be on the next cover of men's health magazine and it's just kind of making you aware that adherence is so powerful and it's something that you probably need to start working on and again, it's not, it's not necessarily your fault, but at the same time, it's not the diet's fault neither. You can't blame the diet. You could have the best diet in the world on paper, but if you don't follow it, you're going to say that diet's shit. And yeah, it, it may be shit for you, but for someone else it could work really, really well for if they're adherent to it. So it's about finding what can make you adherent and actually what is it. Now, adherence is not a programmed aspect of a diet, but it is absolutely critical. And I want you to think of it like this. If a diet was a race car, adherence would be the driver. 
Now, without the driver, the car obviously does not race. A good driver can get the best possible performance with most cars, but a bad driver, like my mum, could crash even the best car. So simply putting it, you cannot succeed on a diet you do not follow, regardless of how good that diet actually is. Now, you don't need to be flawless with your adherence forever. But honestly, the more adherence that you can be, the more precise, consistent, the closer you'll get to where you want to be. Now, it can mean slightly different things depending on what type of diet is trying to be attempted. But obviously, we're going to be speaking about fat loss. Now, on a fat loss diet, adherence could mean staying within a certain amount of calories. It could mean following a protein target. could mean making better food decisions. It could mean going to bed at a certain time and improving sleep hygiene. Just could be so many things that somebody can be adherent with or not adherent with. And obviously, in terms of a fat loss perspective, being adherent might mean stop getting pissed every single weekend for you. <laughs> Lots of things like that. So whatever has been set for you, there does need to be some strategies in place to, to follow. Now, there are six promoters of diet adherence, and I'm going to say them in order of how they usually present themselves within a diet. First one, I'm going to be speaking about inspiration. Now, again, I'm not going to be getting all fancy on you because I'm not that type of guy where I'm going to be all hipster talking about inspiring you and be all all that kind of guy <laughs> that isn't me but what i am going to tell you is how it occurs and how it leads to adherence and how it is a promoter of it now inspiration is the feeling that first probably pushes you to start something right and it can be positive or it can be negative a lot of people seem to have a negative inspiration you know that tip that you follow on instagram hashtag fitspiration he just shows her ass or he just shows his abs every single post that he does but he brings no value whatsoever that's a negative inspiration but a lot of people look to that they want to look like that person but deep down they know they never will and comparing yourself to them is absolutely daft but you need to find a positive inspiration so it's usually like i said what kick starts the decision to make this change that you're after and it's strong, it's an emotional promoter of adherence, but I'm sure you'll agree that it doesn't last very long, adherence. Now, from my experiences, if people have a positive inspiration more than a negative, adherence is much higher when it is positive. So you could look at someone who's achieved what you want to achieve and they're, they're similar to you. It could be a friend overcoming some form of diversity in their life. And I just want to say that people should and likely will only change because they want to, not because I want them to. And I've been guilty of that in my time as a personal trainer is actually wanting the client to change more than what they probably do. And that's not a bad thing that I want it more than them sometimes. But obviously in my time as a trainer and experience, people will not change unless they want to. Motivation. Motivation drives us to accomplish a goal. And again, it's a strong promoter of adherence, especially in the early weeks of a diet. Now, you might be inspired to get in shape, but you need some motivation to be there. 
can only begin when you define what in shape means. So what does in shape mean to you? Don't just say something so broad. You need to find out what it is to you in shape. Is it fitting in a pair of jeans? Is it getting ready for a wedding? Because then your motivation will likely be there rather than just saying, I want to be lean. What is lean? What is it to you? It's different to so many different people. Now, once you've defined this goal, keeping that in mind will actually promote adherence, especially once the initial rush of inspiration wears off, which we know it wears off quite often. And again, motivation is powerful, but it can be up and down. It can be everywhere, especially on a fat loss diet when, you know, your energy is low and you've got cravings or whatever it is. You don't want to get up to train because the weather's awful. Sometimes in the morning, you might spring out of bed ready to do a marathon, but in the afternoon, after a long day at work, the motivation might be in the gutter. So this is why it's important to keep your goals realistic. Yet challenging, but they need to be an attention to an individual's tolerance. So you need to be able to have a tolerance to what you've set yourself. And then motivation to the struggle ratio will be high enough for good adherence. Now, once a goal is set, Giving yourself daily, weekly reminders can be really good to keep motivation there. And it can go a long way to maintain it, especially, like I said, in the early weeks of a diet. This can include even sticking things on your fridge. It might be keeping a pair of pants out. So you, every time you go in your bedroom, you've got these pants hung up and you know, you're looking at them thinking, they used to look really good on me back in the day and I'm going to get back in them. <laughs> it could be, it could be something, something like that. It can just keep it there, keep it realistic to you, keep it achievable for you. And again, that's going back to what is in shape for you. It's them pair of pants that are in your bedroom, and just a constant reminder of why you set the goal in the first place will really help keep motivation there a bit longer. Next one, intention. So now motivation is kind of, we understand that. Motivation works by giving you a clear goal to aim for, but it means absolutely jack shit unless you basically have some intent and do something about it. Do something to get in them pants. Just knowing your destination on the map does not put you in that place. So it's like I mentioned in my last podcast, is you have a destination But you can't just look there. You've got to look what you need to do on a day-to-day basis to get you closer to it. So in order to get there, you have to get in the car and you have to drive. In order to reach your diet goals, you have to create a plan and you have to stick to it. So intention is the application of inspiration and motivation to create this plan. If you have no plan or no intention of following a plan, then you will not have the results. Because intention supports commitment to a plan. The first and most important action you can take to support intention is to actually develop something. Again, it's nice to think of losing 30 pounds in the next month, but getting there requires you to determine exactly maybe what meals you need to eat tomorrow and the next day and so on. What do you need to do? Like I said in my last podcast, what process-driven goals you need to do every single day to to help you get closer to this destination. So you need to really focus on intention. Now, once all these are in place, you can move on to discipline. 
you've probably heard this a hell of a lot and you probably say it to yourself a lot and say, I just don't have the discipline to do it. And that's probably because you've set something a little bit too extreme for yourself because discipline is not needed all the time. It shouldn't be needed all the time, but it should come when times do get tough. And yeah, you are going to need some discipline. So you must set your intentions to follow your diet, okay? And then, But your motivation and intention will not always be powerful enough to guarantee that you will adhere to it. Sometimes you're going to feel like you have hit a wall, but you need to ride the wave during times of low motivation, especially this is when discipline is needed, that little injection of discipline. And you'll probably notice it a lot with doing so well in a diet early on, but that's when you start feeling like you've hit a plateau, hit a wall. But this is when that discipline needs to kind of kick in a little bit to actually get you back on the road again. Now, again, you can't use it all the time, but when motivation is low, it has to be there. Another promoter of adherence, which involves following the plan, even though sometimes you may not want to. And this happens a lot in a fat loss diet. It's inevitable. You're going to get things trying to pull you away from this. But you've got to dig deep sometimes. Now, knowing when going into a diet that you will face times when you want to quit can obviously help you be prepared to be a little bit more disciplined. And I do say this to clients, depending on what goals they have, someone's got a real goal of getting lean. I am going to say, mate, you're going to have to be disciplined. You're going to have to bear with this little bit of hunger to get you to where you want to be. And you'll have to bite the bullet sometimes. So just expecting things to get rough and expecting to have discipline and use discipline, willpower on occasions is one of the best ways to prevent falling off the wagon. Habit. Now, because willpower and discipline, if you use them all the time, you'd obviously burn out. So them things that, like I said, they're in little spurts. But at some point deep into a diet, when inspiration has gotten you started, motivation has allowed you to define the goal, intention has helped you make this plan, and assuming that you've been disciplined throughout this diet, then it'll become a habit to you. Weeks and months into a diet, habits will just form for you. They'll allow your daily diet adherence to just be plain easier. Because then if adherence is easier, even when you are low on motivation and and you're on low willpower days, should I say, then you'll be, there'll be less of a struggle as it was earlier in the diet. And in order for habits to form, good adherence must happen in the early phases of a diet. And I always stress this to every individual I work with is you need to hit the ground running. Do not come into this process and just kind of half-heart it. Because if you go in like that, it'll have a domino effect. And this kind of route to adherence like we spoke about, these kind of six promoters will not come in place or it will not follow suit how it should do. So the speed and arrival and maturity of habits as well like will set the diet and lifestyle up to be conducive to what you want to achieve. Now, whether that is learning things like how to prep food on the same day of each week or starting to control your portion sizes, just making regular practice to these and just having the know-how to 
how to eat better on the go will really help you not fall off track as easily. And it, like I said, oh, once you've got habits, you're absolutely laughing because you've probably had 20 years of bad habits and a lot of people have got bad habits with food. They've, they've got a poor relationship with food. For 20 years, they've struggled. They've got you know really, really bad habits. So they're not going to just go away at the drop of a hat. They'll always be there ready to bite you on your ass again. So farming new ones is hard, but I just want you to know that you will create new ones if you just be adherent. Because you've been adherent for many, many years of having a shit diet. You've been adherent to being sleep deprived for many years. Now you just need to be adherent in doing the opposite to that. But it'll come, trust me. Now, once you have these automated kind of dietary practices, habits catch on much quicker. Before you know it, diet adherence is something that you do almost by default. This then leads me on to passion. Now, if you're working on body composition changes for long enough, usually years, you might get to actually like this process. You'll be surprised. I've had a lot of clients that are like, oh, I love this now. I couldn't see my life without it. And that's when you know that that person's actually changed the life completely. And I had a client of mine called Nikki. I will probably be getting her on the podcast, actually. She came in to train with me when I was working in Australia. And she is now a PT. <laughs> it's weird to actually say that. She came in to see me at the gym, the fitness playground in Sydney, as a client two, two years ago. And then she ended up working at the same gym as a PT when I'd actually left. So she actually developed a passion for it. She went on to study for a Cert 3 and Cert 4 and become a trainer herself and completely changed her life. So you will be soon kind of reaping these benefits of this fat loss, this muscle gain, strength benefits that you'll get. And the experience of having this and having the control of how you look and how you feel can be quite addicting. And, and many people will actually grow to love the process that they develop a true passion for it, which means that adherence pretty much stops being a concern almost altogether. But that's something that can come down the line. And, you know, fundamentally, passion is not a choice and its development or lack of will therefore depend on the individual. You know, you it all depends on the individual but you don't need it to get to where you want to be but if it comes then that's fantastic and you'll literally never hopefully look back so making sure the goals you choose are for you and not to please or impress anyone else can make its development more likely so passion can come from doing what you love what do you actually want to do don't do what your mate wants to do she might love going to the gym she might love lifting weights but your passion might be bloody zumba. It doesn't really matter. And you'll never create passion with something that you don't enjoy really doing. But sometimes, obviously, you're going to have to do things that you may not necessarily enjoy to get the body composition or results that you want. But again, passion doesn't need to be there to get the results. So you can get your results and then just maintain it. So I want to just give you some takeaways now pretty much from what I've just spoke about and I hope that all made sense to you the six drivers of adherence and break them down of how they all kind of come into place and how they all kind of make sense of one another so if you think of it like inspiration 
motivation, intention, discipline, habit and passion, they're not just words to you anymore. You now know actually how they come about and how they are needed to create this adherence that you've been lacking potentially for many, many years. So some takeaways, good thing to kind of start with is choosing the right times to go on a diet. There's no point going on a diet if you've got loads of holidays planned, loads of social events, weddings, because you're not going to be adherent to it. So it's important to consider the timing of this as it will influence the likelihood of adherence. If you have the freedom to choose your diet, timing, think about choosing periods free of social or travel obstacles. That's probably your best bet. So don't plan your fat loss journey through times where you know that you're going to probably not be committed to the cause. I'll be getting into topics more about sleep and stress down the line because they're individual topics in themselves. But a lack of sleep and stress can really impact recovery, therefore your ability to not only lose body fat, build muscle, but it can also affect your capacity to adhere strictly to a program. And I'll delve deeper into them. So dieting can alter your body composition. It is stressful to do and it is difficult. And a lack of sleep or additional stressors will actually zap your willpower. So choosing periods of low stress when you'll be able to regularly sleep will increase the chances of adherence and diet success. And long-term thinking goes a long way as well in tolerating the acute discomforts for diet and for body composition. So if you are thinking of where you want to be, you know, you've got a wedding in two years and you want to be in the best possible position for that, you are going to sometimes think about these discomforts will become a lot easier if you've got that kind of end goal in sight as such. But like I said in my last show, there is no real end goal. This should be now a life. It's a lot of people focus on the diet, but they also need to focus on the diet after the diet. So if you have got a wedding or some big event, that is the big goal that's going to drive you there. But then you need to be able to, how can I sustain this now? Because I don't want to go back to where I used to be and just be up and down all my life. So I want you to focus on the final goal rather than the temporary kind of hunger that you may have on a, a fat loss diet. So bear that in mind. That, yeah, there's going to be periods where that's going to be the case. But if you understand that kind of list of what I've just gone through, you'll start understanding, ah, this is where my discipline is now needed. Ah, that makes sense now. Once I get through this discipline, I'll create hopefully some habits, etc., etc. So another psychological trait that supports successful dieting is what I call internal locus of control. Now, this is a big one with adherence. It really, really is. And this means that rather blaming external elements for failure at a diet, you need to determine what you could have done differently to maintain adherence. So ultimately, the success of a diet is dependent on your actions alone. Yes, you're going to get roadblocks. They're going to inevitably arise, but it's your choice to overcome them or not. And having this internal locus of control and just feeling responsible of successes and failures helps you to avoid repeated lapses in adherence. So if you're blaming work, you know, you're blaming being too busy to get a meal in, you're pointing the finger at this, you're pointing the finger at that, you're just going to keep encountering these problems because you're just looking at the external factors rather than looking at what you could have done better. Instead, if you consider what you could have done to avoid these situations, you know, could you have kept um, a, pro 
I brought a protein shake to work with you. Could you brought some fruit with you in your in your purse to stop you going out and having something, a highly caloric meal that's not on plan because you just didn't set yourself up and then you're blaming poor Tesco's then for having a wrap. <laughs> but it's actually you that put yourself in that position to do so. And I say it all the time to all my clients. I say, if I come to work with no food and... I walk past a McDonald's or a Greg's, love Greg's, I would smash a sausage roll. They're like, really, would you? I'm like, yeah, I'm only bloody human, just like you. I would smash a sausage roll. But the thing is, is that I don't set myself up to do that. I bring my own food. So obviously then if I eat that food, then when I walk past Greg's, I don't feel the need to go in because I'm not hungry. And it seems so common sense, but it's something that people (laughs) don't do. So having that internal locus of control is powerful for adherence and finally adherence to a diet is dependent in large on your dedication to the goal how dedicated are you to this and achieving the goal you may have set yourself must be important enough that the temporary pleasures like getting drunk at the weekend basically become a thing in the past because your goal is so big and the importance of that goal is outweighs it. Now, I'm not saying you need to be a robot all your life, but you are going to require some trade-offs. But the great thing about trade-offs is that they don't last very long and they are temporary. So you can still make drinking a part of your life, so don't worry about that, especially post-fat loss in moderation without having to relinquish any of the lost weight and just learning to be disciplined enough to adhere strictly to a diet and reach your body composition goals will honestly make non-dieting periods all the more enjoyable for you 25 minutes there of me waffling on i hope you really enjoyed that one i hope it's brought you some real value and now you start understanding about what's really important now when you start thinking about diet adherence are you adherent what you need to do to be more adherent start taking it seriously and start implementing it i hope you enjoyed it if you've got any questions please let me know Feel free to leave me a review on any of the platforms this podcast goes on. Again, much appreciated. Next week, I'll be covering energy balance, calorie deficit, delving deeper into them, and I will start building that pyramid that we spoke about. See you next week for episode five.